Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Five, 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 two. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening, coming to you out of Kansas City, Missouri. Got a great show for you tonight. Uh, winding up the celebration of the 4th of July holiday. And uh, we have several topics to get to to discuss, uh, one of which is the Freedom Trail mapping of New York City's role in the abolitionist movement and also the Underground Railroad, uh, which are springing up over uh, the United States, these freedom roads. So we also may want to talk about a young lady out of South Carolina who was equipped with an iron bell and horns uh, mounted to her body, and that was to keep her from running away. And my special guest tonight is... Artist Nona Fastine, who uh, appeared nude in New York City at the uh, Wall Street, the seat of slavery where slaves were exchanged. And a lot of people don't know that uh, Wall Street was very instrumental in the slave trade. And in protest, our guest, Nona Fastine, posed their nude. Uh, to display the uh, trials and tribulations of uh, what slave women particularly had to go through in order to uh, go sooner they hit the shore uh, there in the East Coast. Hello, Nona. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I imagine this is a lot of new information for individuals uh, across the country in reference to the slave trade that happened there in Wall Street. And I guess there were other locations as well. You uh, uh, did your pose in more than one location. You want to talk to us about that? Yes, yes. Um, I have gone to City Hall, um, Supreme Court, which is across the street from the African ground. I have done places in Brooklyn, um, pretty much the coast of the um, Brooklyn, Atlantic, facing the Atlantic, um, is also a point of reference in the series. Um, I've been to, um, where else? I've been, <laughs> all of a sudden it, it escapes me. But, yeah, I've been to pretty much downtown, and the series is still continuing as I do more research to find other places that link us to um slavery in New York City, and um, I've reached out to historians and, and as well as a lot of research, so yeah. 
what would inspire a New Yorker uh, to pull this off? I can understand if it was uh, if you were a South Carolinian or from Alabama. What inspired you? Well, I am a born-bred New Yorker, and um, I grew up here, and and I was born here. And um, in the 90s, they discovered an African burial ground in Lower Manhattan on Broadway, near right across the street from City Hall. They were about to build um, a federal building on the land, and they thought they could just, you know, dig our ancestors up and plop this, you know, skyscraper or building on top of it. And once the community found out, one, that there was slavery in New York, um, and then, two, that they were going to desecrate our ancestors, the city exploded. And I remember it happening. I remember um, I used to take long walks um, from college past that site and I saw them digging in the ground, and I asked the the security guy, I was like, what's going on? And that's when he told me, and I was shocked. And I began to to read articles and do research, and as as all of the city just erupted into protests to get this to be scaled back. And so that was the point where I discovered, um, as many others, about a history that was hidden and that was not primarily taught in the public schools. Um, that there were many, many black people here in New York City um, as the founding people. You know, they were here building, cutting down the trees, building farms, roads, et cetera, they, the whole thing. They laid it out, the whole thing. They were used to, to, to build this city, and yet they were not given any kind of acknowledgment. So that's what um, stayed in my heart and in my mind all this time. So this was near the uh, World Trade Center. Uh, Do you think that was a coincidence that they would uh, erect the World Trade Center over those graves? Well, well, no. What happened was uh, at the time that that cemetery existed, um, that whole area was outside of the actual city limits of, of of New York City back in colonial times. So that was a place where African people lived and buried their dead, and, you know, that was pretty much their area. And once the cemetery closed and as the city grew out from Trinity Church and up Broadway, that, that area was paved over. It was actually um, landfilled, 25 feet or so, and the city was built on top of it. <laughs> and it's quite remarkable. Um, and they just pretended as if that that those people were not there and didn't exist, and they built New York City on top of it. And there's other burial grounds as well in the city that the same thing was done. So, and no, it's not they- a coincidence. Okay, so now they call that the Freedom Center, right, where the World Trade Center is located? They renamed it the Freedom Center? Is that correct? Right. Yes, that's the Freedom Center, uh, Freedom Tower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somewhat how of an insult, ironic. wouldn't you think? Yeah, very uh, of course, ironic of course. and insulting. Yes, absolutely. I mean, not only that, they don't really know how many bodies are under Lower Manhattan. 
you know, um, there's guests from 15 to 20,000 that stretch from where that federal building was built in the 90s all the way almost to, to the actual World Trade Center site or former World Trade Center site. But there's, there's other places that we don't know about or, and do know about. Um, but that place also has a, a, another history. There were massacres in that area of Native people directly. Um, so it, it has a long history of sort of atrocities, sort of, not sort of, but atrocities. So if, if you look into it, you will uncover um, a lot of things that went on during the colonial period um, to Native and, and African people. Tell us about the National Park site. I think they call it the National African Burial Ground. Oh, yes. Well, part of the concession to the community and building, uh, building, putting that building on the African burial ground was that they would ha- save a portion and they would scale back the building so it wouldn't be as big as it had intended to be. And they would build like a memorial to the African people who were buried there. And they did reinter um, the people that they dug up out of the ground. They did reinter them. And I was at that ceremony. It was very moving. It was a host of celebrities, Cicely Tyson. And part of it is um, a memorial, and it's a winding sort of a huge memorial that goes down into the ground, and it's granite, and it has beautiful um, African, uh, like, sort of hieroglyphs in, in Boston, and it's really a beautiful, you know, moving space um, and tribute to the to the people. Ideally, we would like nothing there, like, just you know, but that wasn't that wasn't possible, you know. And it's a, it's also yeah. an education center. It's, so it's are you beautiful. are you pretty much satisfied with what the National Park Service has done there, memorializing well, that burial in, ground? Well, in that spot, you know, no. I mean, if you walk to that spot today, the, first first of all, it's 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 supposed to be six point six acres that African burial ground. It runs under City Hall. It runs through subways. I've I've even read that when they were building New York City's subway system, they hit bones in that area. They had to, of course. It's 20 feet under under the ground. Um, And they Mm -hmm. kept digging. When they added on addition to City Hall, um, they hit hit bones. Um, And so it's, it's... it, it, really, it's nothing. I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to say. No, it's not enough. It's it's not enough of of acknowledgement to the people. And I spoke to the first lady of New York, um, Charlene McRae, in Italy, and I I asked her, you know, while you and your husband are, are a mayor and a mayor of New York City, please. Find a way to make tribute to the people who built this city. They're, they're markers. They're, historians know these places. Reach out to these people. Try to form some kind of, of way to pay, pay tribute if it's, you know, um, and I know there are people who, who are working on it, you know. They're, they're marking these spots. They're putting them on maps. 
they're trying to have some kind of thing where people come to the city, you know, they may they can maybe through their iPhones or something they can they can walk these pla walk to these places, walk these routes, find these places. I would like the city to mark every last one of them. You know, where people lived, where people died, you know, it's just not it's not enough and it's so hidden that it sometimes if you bring it up to certain people they will deny yeah. that what there was no there was no slavery in New York City. We were one of the biggest slave trading states outside of the South, outside of Charleston. Brooklyn had more slaves. Were this what was actually the biggest um, borough with slaves? You know, and people hey, don't know that. Was, Wall Street was heavily involved in the trade uh, slave trade as well. Well, they were the first commodity, and slaves actually built yeah. the wall. Yeah, they built the wall that got it, that gave it its name. You know, so I mean, there you go. <laughs> you know, and, uh, that that uh, tells you everything. As I understand it, the people from Wall Street, as soon as the slave ships docked, they were the first ones aboard to um, get the pick of the litter, so to speak. And right. maybe you could describe uh, to our listeners where this term corner the market developed. Exactly. That phrase. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, um, if you stay, if you – Stand at that spot, that intersection, that was actually the water. Water and wall was was pretty much the end. And then now if you look, stand at that spot, it goes further out into the East River. It's all landfill. That's all landfill. But it was further back. Actually, I think it was at Pearl and Wall uh, was the shoreline. But um, there, uh, you can, there's even a, a drawing of that slave market that stood there. So, you know, you can look back and see what it, it was a small sort of house type wooden structure and and they went down to, you know, the shore. And there's const there's slips even today where the boats pulled right up to the shore, you know, or to the to the street and let their cargo off people or products or whatever. And the slips are still there, you know. Um, and okay. it, it's quite remarkable, you know. Uh, Jacob Marks, who established the Freedom Trail there, does he have uh, that Wall Street area commemorated? And mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that, uh, what you know about the Freedom Trail uh, established by Jacob Marks there. Well, actually, I'm not too familiar about exactly what he's doing, um, except that I, I've only read what pro perhaps you've read and many others is that he's marking areas of downtown. As is, are you referencing the Underground Railroad? Well, yeah, the Underground Railroad and also uh -huh. New York history. He is also commemorating um, those sites. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't actually know too much about that project, um, and, I, you know, I don't know him, but I definitely plan on on, on getting to know him and, and reaching out to him and finding out what he's doing. And, and I think it's so – this is exactly what we need. Um, we, we need more people. 
um, you know, to do this. You know, uh, it's going to take a lot more people to get involved and champion it, just like we did with the African burial ground. It's going to take the black community in New York City to demand um, that our politicians and elected officials um, acknowledge these places and 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 uncover the shame that has gone along with covering up this kind the, the history of New York City. You know exactly. Um, um, bravo. Yeah, Jacob Marks uh, has started a mapping of the New York City area called the Freedom Trail, mm-hmm. and uh, he is designating abolitionists. Movement, the Underground Railroad, in addition to uh, New York history. Uh, for example, um, the African Grove uh, Church, I believe it is, is mm-hmm. along. Oh no, the African Grove Theater is part mm-hmm. of that uh, mapping uh, trail that he has designed. He's got a uh, a grant, some seed money of about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, the Mother Zion AME Church is part of that. Uh, Freedom oh, Journal yeah. newspaper, where it started. The African Free School Number Two. Uh, Mr. Ruggles, who was an anti-slavery, uh, it's an anti-slavery reading room, is part of that uh, mapping there in New York City. Mm-hmm. I think our listeners, uh, who uh, it should be a destination now. Uh, Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. If you're in New York City area, the Brooklyn area, what have you, uh, uh, check it out. Um, the um, the spot where uh, states came aboard uh, when they hit New York City, even Frederick Douglass, the spot that he, uh, the spot on the shore where he came to freedom when he escaped uh, slavery and. Maryland has been mapped out uh, mm-hmm. by this gentleman. The home of Sojourner Truth is also right. part of the mapping. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating stuff, fascinating history. Yeah, and, and and also there was more than one point of entry um, for New York as, as slaves. Um, I also read many things about how slaves were sm- smuggled up the coast of Brooklyn. At that time, it was called Long Island. Um, And they were smuggled in. At a certain point, um, slavery was abolished. Um, They didn't want um, to be bringing any more slaves in. The population was was large already in New York City. And they were smuggling slaves up the coast. Um, So, you know, we had that going on, too. Yeah, and I want our listeners uh, to visit the website, uh, org. Again, that's www.nycfreedomtrail.org. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, some more about your uh, protest and what you, uh, how you pose there in New York City at these various sites. Did you warn anyone that you were going to do this? Did you have somebody watching your back? Were you harassed by the police? Kind of fill us in on how um, that. (laughs) I sort of laugh at that question, but 
because nudity is illegal in New York City, no, I did not tell anyone that I was doing this project. I did not ask for permission. Um, I feel that it, it, as a native New Yorker um, and with African ancestry, it was well within my right, my personal right, to be at these places and to do my project and to pay tribute um, in the way that I wanted to and to express um, um, my feelings and my creativity in the way that I choose. And um, nudity, public nudity is, is nothing new. Um, um, being an artist and, and posing nude is, is certainly nothing new. Self-portraiture is 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 definitely um something that artists all all at one point or another do um you know so yeah i do um also get back to your question i do have an assistant that i work with and of course we have to work very quickly and um because i'm definitely not trying to have any incidents with the uh, NYPD but at the same time, I feel like that people must know about about this history. And so I took a, a, a big risk. I took a big risk putting myself out there and, and, and doing that. I, I sacrificed. But I felt like it was something that needed to be done. And, you know, I, pr- I, I prayed on it, too. I prayed on it, and um, mm-hmm. I did what I had to do. Yeah. Uh, Erica Badu uh, did something very similar there in Texas when she commemor- uh, commemorated John F. Kennedy's assassination. Um, so, yeah, you're to be commended. That uh, took a lot of grace and and uh, a lot of nerve to pull that off. Um, did you have any? Did you have any sponsors such as Jacob Morris or the Freedom Trail? Um, no, no. Um, I began the the series while I was in grad school. I went. Um, I was in a two year program at the International Center of Photography through Bard College, and I got my master's degree. And this started as my thesis, um, my last year in the program. And okay. um, you know, I just I, I I began over the summer doing a lot of research. Um, and then I took it, you know, first I started in my home doing portraits, and then I wanted to keep challenging myself and pushing myself, and I, I felt like if I really wanted to make a statement and really express um, how I felt, I really needed to take it to these places um, in the city, and so that's what I did. Okay. Now, we talk about posing in the nude, but... Not exactly. You had on some white shoes. Was there any significance to that wearing of the white shoes? Yeah, I mean, um, I I felt the well, the white shoes to me when I chose to put on the white shoes, they represented um, white patriarchy that I felt as African Americans we can never um, escape. And um, as a reader of, of Fanon, um, that was was one of the things that uh, my little in reading him that was that was what I took away and that was what I wanted to bring in that that re- 
representation, that symbolic, um, that symbolism, rather. Okay. Now, and you also talked about your thesis, and uh, what was the title again? And you mentioned Italy as you were talking about your thesis. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, well, I just um, came back from the Black Portraiture Conference um, sponsored by NYU uh, in June. Uh, we were all in Italy for a five-day conference, and um, it was put together by Deborah Willis and and uh, NYU, and it was it's just a wonderful, wonderful conference and opportunity to to gather with like-minded people um, about the history of the black body in Western art, and so. Um, that was that was a um, wonderful conference, and that was I, it, it got a lot of publicity because um, also um, the first lady of New York City was there, and but it, it just it's it's just a, it, I think this is the third or fourth installment before it was in Paris, um, and this year they chose Florence, Italy. Um, I forgot what was your other question. Oh, um, you, did you mention the title of the thesis? I'm sorry. Oh um, well, the the my my project is called White Shoes. White Shoes, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that was also the title of your thesis. Yeah, uh, actually, the the title uh, when I when I presented the work, it was called Reconstructions, and then I was talking to um, um, Maurice Berger. Um, who is a historian and um, a Gordon Parks uh, expert, <laughs> and we were talking about the white shoes that I, I wore, and, and and he he actually suggested that to me. He was like, "You should you shouldn't call it reconstructions. That's too." He said it was too um, uh, too academic. And he liked he liked white shoes, and I thought, yeah, you know, it was something about it because they are one of the key symbols in the work that you see. You see me with these white shoes on all the time. Um, I also sort of chose the white shoes, not sort of, but I also chose the white shoes because they represented um, a femininity. You know, I wanted people to know, you know, I wear my hair cut really short, and, you know, in certain poses, it's me from behind. And I wanted the people people to know that I was a woman. So I put, a, <laughs> I put on, I had these shoes, you know. So it was like two two things, and they're sort of like the patriarchy and femininity. It's like a battle, you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Deb Willis. Uh, she's a friend of our show. She's been on uh talk about her book and documentary and yeah. our listeners will be interested in to know that the title of that book and her documentary is Through a Lens Darkly. Yes. Through a Lens Darkly. Um, yes. So where is the shoes taking you? Um, Excuse say that again? Where have the shoes, the shoe taken you, the white shoes? Is it taking you anywhere or you mean you mean have you mean in context of of the city or you mean well the attention have, that you're getting I mean you're getting a lot of attention it's kind oh, of blown yeah. up there on social media 
Um, yeah, mostly on social media. Yeah, um, the bloggers. The bloggers are the ones who came came to me um, and embraced the work, and uh, I have to thank them. Um, the Huffington Post, you know, came and it, um, was the was the big biggest publication that asked if they could do an interview, and uh, that was about a month ago. Um, and then all of a sudden, I, over the weekend, a blogger called Black Girls with Long Hair just put the interview and the pictures on her web on her blog page. Um, she didn't notify me. I don't know if she notified the Huffington Post, but she just put it on, and that's when it, you know, just really took off. Um, it, I had been getting in, um, exhibitions since I graduated in 2013 from ICP. I um, have had like eight exhibitions, um, some two at a time. So I've been exhibiting the work um, a lot. And um, like I said, some publications have been writing about it, but it wasn't until this weekend that the whole world, <laughs> the whole, uh, I don't know, everyone on the Internet seems to have heard about it and other um, blog publications have have asked to um, share it. You know, our producer, uh, Leslie Guess, she found it at the uh, Black Pearls with Long Hair. Um, yeah, that girl has a lot of, <laughs> she must have a lot of uh, people because um, I shared it on my, my Facebook page, my Nona Faustine photography page, and, you know, as a as a as an administrator of your own page on Facebook, you can see how many people have seen anything you put up, and so I think um, the first I saw it was Saturday and then Sunday, and within two days, I think, like, over 15,000 people had saw it, like, wow. just in give two that, days. Give us that web address again for our listeners. So um, my, photo- my photography page is called Nona Faustine Photography. Um, that's my Facebook page. Um, but I also have a website, and that is Nona, N-O-N-A, Faustine, F-A-U-S-T-I-N-E, dot verb, dot com, V-I-R-B, dot com. So it's Nona Faustine, dot verb, dot com. That's my website. Is that that B -B as in Baker? Yeah, V as in Victor, I as in Ice. C as in cat, B as in bird, dot com. Okay, dot com. Mm-hmm. What else will they see there at your website? Well, at my website, I, I have um, some of the white shoes. I don't have everything on my website. You know, I just like to give people a little taste because ideally I like to, you know, exhibit my work and I feel like the work should be seen um, in person, as it is meant to be, you know, printed. Um, I know that's how most people, you know, I know most people look at art online, but it's nothing like seeing the actual print, you know, that the artist did, you know, themselves, you know. And I print my own work. I'm not the best printer, but <laughs> I print my own work. 
And um, I would encourage people to, to, like, go more often to shows and galleries. And I post, whenever I have shows or exhibitions, I post it on my Facebook page and my website. So you can, you know, come out right now. I have a show at Mana Contemporary Gallery in New Jersey, um, and that's a group show I, I'm in with um, under ICP, International Center of Photography. It's a group show, and it's um, 10 years of the master's program. So, um, yeah, so I'm in, uh, so currently that show. And, and I, I have some big things coming up, hopefully, and just keep your ears out. Um, and I'm right. also available for, for shoots. <laughs> Great. If you're and I want to remind, <laughs> Great. I want to remind our listeners um, to visit sites or visit a site called More Than a Map. More Than a Map. And it's uh, a black map app where you can find black businesses uh, in your area. also allows users to locate experience and to contribute to African-American history and uh, through an interactive map. And it's designed mm-hmm. to show uh, that this aspect of American history exists all around us, just as you did in New York, uh, two or three different sites there in New York. Um, so one can get this map, uh, and you have the ability to upload uh, their own map if they want to map out the history, black history particularly in their area. Um, pretty much can do that. I think one mm-hmm. is called Around the Way app. That's the one where you can find black-owned businesses near you. Uh, you got to start buying black. No ways. I think it's an excellent way to... Uh, Support Black history, support our Absolutely. community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you? Yeah. Uh, Nona, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, and what is your dream? Um, I, uh, your dream for this project? Oh, you know, it's it just when I started it, I I wanted people to to know more people to know about um, the role that you know, African-Americans played in um, the early history of New York City. But I think it was also a personal journey for myself. Um, I I felt I I had to pay some kind of tribute. But I also wanted to talk about the role photography played in the early history of um, with black people and the black body um, and that, you know, we were part of a long, a long history of photography as well. You know, um, I also wanted to show that. And I think um, I want to keep going forward with that. I want to uncover more places in the history of New York City and and bring those forth. So the project will continue um, in that respect, and um, until I, I've, I feel like I've said all I had to say, I feel like I still have a lot to say and contribute, um, and I'm just getting started. Um, and uh, I, I, I thank all the people who have um, supported the work, who have contacted me via social media. I have people telling me how they've been affected. They cried. They 
you know, how empowered it made them feel, um, black and white, all people, you know, it's just a wealth of outcry of people who have contacted me, and I've I've read people post. Um, It's been overwhelmingly positive from what I've seen, but the most important, if they come away just knowing that history um, then I feel like you know I, I've I've done something. I've made a contribution in that respect. Are there any books, videos, museums, documentaries, anything you would recommend to our listeners? Oh my God! Um, I know there's a lot, but yeah, but if, I, if I had to tell you one book, uh, I would say it was Molly Rogers' Delia's Tears. That was that was Delia D E L I A apostrophe apostrophe S tears, and it's by Molly Rogers. Molly Rogers, okay. Yes, that will give you a a big chunk of of photography and slavery and the time. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was going to ask why. So it's photography and slavery. Yeah, it, it talks Rogers. about okay. about that early history when photography was evolving and slavery was in existence and how the black person the you know black people image was uh crafted so to speak um and propaganda um took shape at that time. Great, great. We've been talking with Nona, Nona Fastine, and uh, the artist who prose nude in New York City, Wall Street, to bring to the world, bring the attention to the advent of slavery and what it meant uh, there in New York City. She has a website, Mona Fastine, that's F-A-U-S-T-I-N-E, at... That's B-I-R-B dot com. She also has a Facebook page. You're welcome to contact her. Mona, or I'm sorry, Nona, that's N-O-N-A, <laughs> Foskeen Photography. Uh, it's been a great pleasure talking with you, and again, I commend you on uh, the stance that you, you took in posing nude at that, of those New York sites. I'm glad you came out all right in terms of not being harassed by <laughs> well, the police. We still keep your fingers crossed for me. I still have more to go. <laughs> yeah. I know the lady that uh, climbed that flagpole there in South Carolina, she had somebody watching her back. Um, yeah, but when you, the thing is, when you go out down. here and do those things, you have to be prepared to get arrested, and I was prepared to get arrested. Okay. But that did not happen, right? That's not so far, knock on wood. <laughs> okay, great. Well, again, thank I thank you, you so for much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I'm certain we'll have you back someday to talk about some uh, future projects of yours. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Good night, Nona. Good night. Be well. Okay. Very happy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Preston Washington. I've been your host on this edition of um, Black History and uh, brought to you by Leslie Gist, where you get Black History 24-7.
every day of the year, not just isolated in one month or one week or whatever. And uh, you can visit her at www.blackhistoryblog.com. Um, check her out. And I'm going to say good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.